So with all this stuff being said, here's what I believe. Number one, no matter what happens, I won't fear. No matter who wins, my trust remains in God. And God alone. No government can stand against the will of God. In fact, no government will ever last. Secondly, no matter who gets elected, I will pray for our leaders. The tone and the subject of my prayer will be the same regardless of who wins. Why? Because they are children of God. All of them. Something I've been learning a lot this week, when, this year. Whenever I get frustrated at somebody or something or a biker that's going up the skyline and blocking my way, I have to say he's a child of God or she's a child of God. And Michelle reminds me of that. They're a child of God? Yes, they are. And we even sang songs about it this morning. Who breathed the breath in our lungs? God, right? That means everybody that has lungs and is breathing is what? A child of God, right? We can't escape that fact. It's tempting to look at somebody and say, well, they... No. They have the same breath in their lungs that we do. We need to be constantly reminding each other of that. And that is hard sometimes, to look at somebody that seems completely evil and know that God had breathed his breath in them. But it's true. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we are first and foremost supposed to represent him to others. That means that people should come away from our conversations or our tweets or our posts with the realization that first and foremost, this person is a Christian. I can tell. I can tell by the way they post or what they say. Without Jesus, without the Spirit operating in your lives, in my life, this becomes really impossible to do. Galatians 5 tells us this. It says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or vain or narcissistic or arrogant or smug or provoke or instigate one another to be jealous of one another. We're not supposed to do all that. Thirdly, the church will continue to be the church as God intended. The church that Jesus came to establish, the church that we're supposed to be, is simply a community of people that share the good news of Christ with the world. For me, I won't waste one minute of my time on social media to try to berate others for who they support, and I will not waste one minute of my time on social media trying to convince others how they should vote. It is a futile effort, to say the least. Instead, I will continue to do what God has asked of us, which is to love one another. Why? Because it is lacking. That type of love is lacking. We see it played out in the streets of those who are protesting, which turns into riots and all these other things. It's, it, it just comes up every day. We're supposed to love one another. It will have more of an impact when you love somebody than trying to convince them that they're wrong on something. I don't know if you noticed that, but when you try to tell somebody they're wrong, you're not going to get a very good response 99.999% of the time. In other words, don't wait for someone to agree with you before you show them the love of Christ. Let every action start with and flow from a position of love, more specifically God's love. 
And next for me is I don't put my hope or trust in any man, government, or nation. My trust alone is with the one true God. Everything else is sinking sand. It will fail. It is unstable. And it will turn to dust. No matter how our government changes, the church still needs to do the work of the church with no excuses. As of now, in the United States, that work is pretty easy, at least here in this country. Even in spite of some of the restrictions that have been put upon us because of the virus, in the year 2020, there are places on this planet where you can get put in prison for a long time for even uttering the word Jesus Christ. And there are places that you could be sentenced to death for speaking his name in 2020. We have it easy here in the United States. Think about that for a moment. We have it very easy here in the United States to talk about Jesus, to tell people who Jesus is. We're doing it right here, right now in a shopping mall. There's nobody coming in telling us to stop what we're doing. Some people might feel like they can, but they cannot do it legally. We can say whatever we want. We can go out after, after here and go buy groceries for somebody and just say, here, Jesus loves you. God bless. Have a good day. People might get offended, but we can still do it. We have an unprecedented amount of freedom to do what God has asked us to do. So think about that and then think about this. In the United States, we are seeing a major decline in those people who believe in God and Jesus. Now that doesn't add up. If we have all the capability at our disposal to tell people about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done for us, then why are less and less people coming to Christ? I would argue that in the United States, we probably have the most freedom of anywhere to spread the gospel. So why the decline? I would say Part of the issue is true love. Anybody remember dating? <laughs> Some of us have to go way back. You remember the first time you said, I love you? To somebody that you were dating? You didn't really love them then. It was just something you said. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, when I said that to Michelle, I meant it. I meant it. <laughs> but when you, when you say you love somebody, you know, it's, they call it puppy love, right? Everything's great, you know, for the first week. <laughs> and then you start to get to know each other. But <laughs> except for Michelle and I, we're different. <laughs> but the first time you say you love somebody, and then years later when you say it, that changed a lot. Because when you, when you start to really love somebody, you start to realize that, and if you don't realize this, this is where a lot of marriage problems come in, you, have, you realize that you have to change some things about you to really love that person the way you should. There are some things that you got to remove from your life and pieces of your life that are going to interfere with that true, dedicated love to that person. It's going to mean giving up and changing some things. But the more you do that, the closer you get in love with that person and that, 
that word, that phrase, I love you, means so much more years later from the first time. When we truly love like Jesus, we change. We see what needs to be removed, and we remove it. I firmly believe that the church has started to move away from a community of believers who seek truth and have a heart for the lost to an organization that has franchised itself into multiple fast food-like, quick-fix, people-pleasing institutions that have sacrificed the notion of truth for a watered-down love that says you are fine just the way you are. The truth is, we can come to the Father just as we are. We can come to the Father just as we are. But that's where it begins. And just like the first time you said, I love you to somebody, when you say, I love you, God, I love you, Jesus, guess what has to happen? You need to start changing some things. It's going to happen. God doesn't change. But he has the power to change our hearts if we let him. And the only way to truly love him is to sacrifice those things that we know don't fit in this relationship. Amen. How, do we, how does this all have to do with the decline of the church here? Jesus asked us to love each other. We need to learn how to love. The church needs to learn how to love or we're going to fail. If our goal is to just bring people in a building to make them feel happy and have numbers that we can boast about on social media, then we will get that reward. People will say, wow, they have a lot of people in their church. But that's not what God wants, not what Jesus wants. He wants a loving relationship with each and every one of us. Loving everyone is what we're asked to do, but loving everyone is not easy. I was waiting for Roy to say amen. He usually gets himself in trouble. I'm teasing. I'm teasing, Roy. Love you, buddy. Loving people is difficult. There's nothing in my Bible, though, that promises the following. Number one, bringing people to Christ is going to be easy. And number two, we won't suffer when we're trying to bring people to Christ. We are. It's difficult. This work is difficult, but we need to do it anyway. I think that's why Jesus emphasized that the new commandment that he gave us is to love one another. It's really hard to get angry with someone who is just showing you authentic, unconditional love. It actually would, might make you frustrated. This person is just so nice. You know, you ever get mad at somebody because they're so nice? What's wrong with us when we do that? <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's hard to get angry at them, but you want to get angry. So you're, you're, you use the terms like, well, they're just too nice. No, no, no. That's the kind of love we're supposed to have. And Jesus is our example. Jesus healed people, we know that, in the Bible, many times. What he didn't do is he didn't say, you got to hear my message first, and I'll take care of your ailment. you got to do this first, you know, you, you know, go clean yourself up first, you know, I want this to look good, I want to get a good photo op with this, so 
I want everything to look good. Let's stage this out so it looks really good. He just walked up to them and said, do you want to be healed? What's the catch? He never, there was no catch. He went, he went, he went where people are. No matter where they were. He got blasted so many times because, look, you see where Jesus went? He, he went down to the local bar. That's a wreck down there. And Jesus was right there. How disgusting. He got ridiculed because of that. But he went where people were. He didn't wait for them to come to him. He didn't build a building and put a cross on it, which had no significance then anyway. And people would just walk in and just start singing songs and everybody would be happy and go out to Applebee's and have whatever they had on the menu back then. He didn't do that. He went where people were, where they needed him to go. He did this because he loved, he truly loved God's people. All of us are God's people. Yes, even the candidate that you despise, you are siblings with them. Just let that sink in. I lost my place. So the challenge is before us in this time, in this, this difficult week that's coming up. We're going to have a lot of ways that we can express our emotion this week. I'm asking you to challenge yourself to try to live by the example that Jesus gave. Jesus said this in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. You're familiar Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Remember last week, two weeks ago, when I threatened you with reading Leviticus every single day for the rest of the year? Remember that? All those laws and everything are in that, that. There's a lot of stuff in there. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to make this very simple for you. If you love everybody like God loves you, like I love you, and if you love your neighbor like that, guess what? You are done. You have fulfilled all of those things. The world is going to need to see this kind of love more than ever. I want to close today by reciting a model of prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It's a simple, powerful prayer, and I want to explain it a bit before we say it together. But I'll read it to you first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. Trespasses are sins. And as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That was the model prayer that Jesus told his disciples. Jesus didn't need to pray that. He didn't sin. This was a model for prayer. I want to break it down real quick for you. The very first thing we read and understand is that God is our Father, which means that we are all siblings. Right? 
If God is our father, we are all related. Some of us are like, can't be related to that person. There's no way. Must be adopted. (laughs) We all are. The second thing is God is king over all and his will will be done. Not the will of the people, not the will of any government or president or kings. He provides what we need daily. He forgives when we fail. We must do the same for others. No, there are no stipulations referenced in that forgiveness. He forgives. We must forgive. He gives us a path to walk that will make it easier for us. Do we choose it? Or do we try to blaze our own trail? And finally, he is all-powerful, glorious, and forever. So let's stand and let's pray this together. If you know it, I have, if you don't know it, I have it up on the screen. It's a little bit hard to read. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I want to leave you with that and this reminder this week. Be praying. Because I, I, believe, it's, I, I'm, I believe it is this serious for us. It's, it's, it's a very divisive time. You all have seen it. You all know. I don't want the church to come away tarnished from this. Because we need to step up. We need to love like Jesus loved. And it's going to be difficult this week. If you watch the news, I, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm guilty of this. I get frustrated watching the news. And there are some people that just get under my skin. And I'm learning. And I'm, I'm reminded often that, you know, they're God's people too. And it's hard, right? We'd be lying if it wasn't, but it's what we're asked to do. And I really believe if the church starts loving like that, if the church really starts loving like that, you will see more people come to Jesus because who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Amen.